Um, today, I would like to continue with the subject of angiology, uh, which I did last time. Uh, if you are new here and you have not been for that uh, sermon when I preached, as I said, you know, normally I don't preach this subject uh, in a church Sunday service setting. Normally it is in the Bible school or Bible college or a Bible study group I teach. Uh, but there has been a lot of demand from a lot of you here in the church to share on this subject because you'd like to know more on it. And that's why I shared to you, last time we saw, you know, um, about the study about angels and what does that mean? The word angel comes from the Hebrew word malak and Greek word angelos means messenger, means messenger. And the word angel used 188 times in the Old Testament, 165 times in the New Testament. And, uh, you know, the Bible mentions about human messenger, which I went through that. Um, let me also go through this. And the Bible classifies angels as either good or evil. And then we studied on the biblical definition of angels. And then we saw the origin and the creation of angels uh, last time, you know, that God has created them. Angels are created heavenly beings. Then we read from Psalm 148 and also from Job chapter 38, 4 to 7. And then we saw about, again, the creation and of angels and their origins. And I'm just going through... Uh, you know, this subject very quickly. And we saw that angels can discern good and evil and give insight and understanding. Then we also saw, you know, they can fight, they fight the battle. We saw in book of Isaiah how one angel, you know, one night killed 185,000 people. And uh, when we compared it with Jesus, you know, saying in the garden of Gethsemane when he was arrested, you know, and he said, if I ask the Heavenly Father, he will send legion of angels. That means about 72,000 angels. You know, then we saw how one angel can kill 185,000. We saw, you know, 72,000 angels, you know, can kill about um, 13 billion people. We don't even have the population. So we saw that they have the power, they also bring the message of God, you know, and then they take interest in human affairs. Um, we saw in Daniel, you know, where the angel says, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future, for the vision concerns a time yet to come. And then Luke 15.10, you know, it, Jesus said, likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. So they are interested in human life. And we also saw that we are not supposed to worship them. Also, angels have will. And, you know, a few other attributes we saw about angels. Okay, so we studied about angels. And today, I would like to study or 
like to go through this journey about cherubim. You know, the Bible speaks about angels, but Bible also speaks about cherubim, seraphim, you know, and other uh, living beings. And we'll today look at cherubim and seraphim. They are not angels, okay? They are not angels, but the Bible mentions about them, and the word cherubim is plural in Hebrew. The singular is cherub. And the cherubim means the covering ones. They are not messengers, but they are the covering ones. And they are presented as the highest order of heavenly beings with incredible power and beauty. A cherubim word first appears in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. You know, to block the tree of life with the flaming souls. In Genesis chapter 3, verse 24, it says, So he drew out the man and he placed cherubim at the east of the Garden of Eden and a flaming sword which turned every way to guard the way to the tree of life. And they appear as guardians of God's glory, presence, and throne. Cherubim were designed and placed on the lid of the Ark of the Covenant. Do you know the Ark of the Covenant, which was placed in the Holy of Holies, in the Temple of God, in the Old Testament, that we read? You know, so they made an image or a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, on the Ark of the Covenant, about cherubim, and they were placed on the lid of it. And which was like the mercy seat in Exodus 25, 17 to 22, we read about it. And God enthroned above and between the cherubim. You know, there are some versions speaks about that he's enthroned between the cherubim. There are some other versions speaks about that God is enthroned above the cherubim. Psalm 80 verse 1, Psalm 99 verse 1, we read about it. Then in Ezekiel, we find, you know, that cherubim, cherubim appear with God to Ezekiel and called the living creatures. Okay? And then in Ezekiel, later we see, he also calls this living creature, but he also calls them as cherubim. The Bible mentions that there are four faces on the cherubim. Now, when I'm sharing all this, you know, some of you might be wondering, wow, you know, some of you might be thinking, it, it looks a bit scary. You know, some of you might be thinking, wow, it looks like a fictional picture. You know, but let me tell you, this is reality. You know, we live on this earth. Many of the things we do not see, whether you like it or not, as Christians, the moment you come to know the Lord, you are in a spiritual battle. There is a spiritual world around us. We do not see, we do not many times recognize, you know, but we find them in the word of God and they are real. And Ezekiel 10 verse 14 speaks about the four faces of the cherubim. Each one had four faces. The first face was the face of a cherub. The second face, the face of a man. The third face, the face of a lion. And the fourth, the face of an eagle. Now I'd like to speak about seraphim. You know, I'm just going quickly 
to this subject because I want to bring later Pete back and you know he's going to share some of his experience that he had with angels. The second being that we read in the scripture is seraphim. You know, seraphim means fiery or the burning ones. Now, this word seraph is followed that it also means serpent. You know, we find that in book of Numbers in Deuteronomy, you know, when the Israelites were bitten by serpents, okay? But here we are talking about this heavenly being, you know, which means fiery and burning ones. They are similar to the cherubim. They guard the divine presence. They guard the divine presence. And they're depicted as having human form, faces, hands, feet. And, you know, the cherubim, they have four wings. Seraphim, they have six wings. And in Isaiah 6, verse 2, we find that, you know, where it says, above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. They fly or fly or hover around the throne of God. They cry out with one voice to one another, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They keep crying out to God. Just imagine that picture around the throne of God. There are cherubims, there are seraphims. There are other beings and all the people, you know, worshipping God in his glory and crying out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. They keep repeating that. You know, I remember when I used to pastor the church in West End, I had a visitor in the church um, and he was related to one of the church members and he came uh, to the church and he was not used to Pentecostal church. Uh, he was from uh, a Baptist church. And he came there, and after the service, I asked him, uh, how, how did you find the church service? And he said, yeah, church service was good, but I would like to ask you one question. I said, yeah, go and ask. And he said, why do you all sing one song twice, or maybe three times? Uh, I said, okay, that's a good question. Uh, and I said, well, we like to worship God, so we just express our love to God by singing twice. But let me tell you one thing. If you object to singing song twice here in the church, let me tell you, when you go to heaven, they keep saying, holy, 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 the Lord God Almighty. And they keep repeating that. Amen? So get used to it. <laughs> so, seraphim are never referred to as angels. Okay? They're never referred to as angels. Now, Bible mentions about the living creatures. In Revelation chapter 4, verse 6 to 8. You know, 
says also in front of the throne there was what looked like a sea of glass crystal as clear this is the scripture revelation 4:6-8 in the center around the throne were four living creatures and they were covered with eyes in front and in back imagine that you know in front and in back and then it says the first living creature was like a lion the second was like an ox the third had a face like a man the fourth was like a flying eagle each of the four living creatures had six wings and was covered with eyes all around even under its wings day and night they never stopped here again we go they never stopped saying holy 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 is the lord god almighty who was and is and is to come you know the interesting thing i find about this creature is this the living creature is this was seven notice this it says was the four faces and the first face was like a lion second was like an ox the third like a man the fourth was like an eagle do you know it represents the four gospels and so beautifully it has been sequenced you know the first one it says like a lion like a lion matthew's gospel when you read you know you will find jesus is portrayed as king you know throughout the gospel of matthew you find jesus portrayed as king and we find here you know lion is mentioned over there gospel of mark when you read gospel of mark you know it always talks about miracles what jesus did very less it's mentioned about what jesus said you know it's always about the works of jesus the miracles did he did what he has done you know mark you know it represents ox ox you know speaks about working in the field third had a face like a man when you read gospel of luke what do you find always says son of man son of man son of man and fourth we find gospel of john you know eagle represents flying up in the sky and jesus is portrayed as son of god in the gospel of john and and when you read this you find all the similarities you know and it mentions about this creature living creature you know around the throne of god worshiping god wow what a powerful scripture then the bible mentions about the archangels the term archangel only appears two times in the bible that is in first thessalonians 4:16 jude 19 it is used in the singular never plural the archangel is identified as michael you know archangel means chief angel now in non canonical writings if you don't understand what it means non uh, you know the canonical writings now when they put together the 66 books of the bible from genesis to revelation you know they it is called the canon of the bible 
In other words, word canon means to measure. You know, so they measured, they had a criteria, you know, uh, what this book says about, about God, does it connect with each other? And there were different other criteria that they were all put together and they found the 66 books of the Bible. But there were other Bibles as well. You know, we find it about the apocryphal uh, books. And there were other books as well, you know, and one of it is First Enoch, where it is mentioned about seven archangels and the names are mentioned over there. You know, Michael means who is like God. You happy, Michael? <laughs> he appears first in the book of Daniel, chapter 10, verse 13, as one of the chief, uh, chief princes. He is the prince or guardian angel of Israel. We find that in Daniel chapter 10, verse 21. And Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. Michael is also a military leader of the angels in Revelation 2, 7. And in Jude 9, we find that Michael disputes with the devil. And when you read that, he says, the Lord rebukes you. You know, the Lord rebukes you, Satan. And then we hear about Gabriel. Gabriel means mighty one of God. He's mentioned in Daniel 9, 21 and Luke 1. He stands in the presence of God. He is a messenger who announces God's revelations and their interpretations. Gabriel announces Christ's birth to Mary and also announces John the Baptist's birth to Zechariah. Amen? You know, so this is all, you know, I want to share about, you know, this is very quickly I brushed through, you know, about the heavenly being. The angels, archangels, cherubim, seraphim, you know, the living creatures. And if any one of you want note, let me know. I will send it to you in a PDF format. But I always like this picture where it says, Revelation 7:11, all the angels stood around the throne, and the elders and the four living creatures, and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God. One day, we'll all join them and we'll worship God. So the good practice is when you're here on Sunday or any other meetings, learn to worship Him. Okay? You know, it is expressing our heart, our love to God. Okay, let's do that. There are times when you don't feel like, there are times when you are going through some tough times in life and you really don't feel like worshiping God. But you know, by faith, when you do it, something happens. Because the Bible says, God inhabits the praises of his people. God's presence comes. You know, and when you worship him, he takes away all your worry, your concern, your anxieties. He takes it away. Amen. And he fills you with his presence. That's why worship is good. Amen. So let's... You know, that's why David says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within you, bless his holy name, and forget not his benefits. Amen? So, you know, knowing this, that there are angels that are working around. There are angels 
that are fighting the battles. There are angels that are guarding. You know, I told you last time how I experienced, many and I experienced, you know, angels in our life. And today we have Peter, you know, here in our midst. And this man has been to different parts of the world. Okay, he has been, you know, mentoring pastors, leaders in different parts of the world. And he has experienced some astounding things in his life, some of great miracles. So if I can invite Peter to come and share some of his experience to us, that will be great. Time's gone, so I'll be very quick. Um, I just want to encourage you that uh, there is a very fine line between the earthly level we're on and the spiritual level. And I believe that's the end time project, and as God is beginning to move by the power of the Spirit. That gravel will get um, thinner and thinner and thinner. And many of you will experience uh, visitations, um, visions, dreams, and the presence of angels that you will actually see. And uh, when I was first saying, someone prophesied over me that. Um, I would have the gift of discerning spirits. And so there's nothing special about me, it's just that God's imparted something in me where I'm able to see beyond sometimes the natural into the, the supernatural realm. And um, throughout my ministry, I've experienced um, both dark angels and angels of God. In every situation I've been in where I've attempted to break into a new nation or a new place to minister, there's always been a, uh, a demonic warning. Some, some uh, dark prince has turned up to try and prevent me or to stop me or to scare me. But we're not going to talk about that today, we're talking about the other side, because there are guardian angels that are very and uh, you can expect angelic visitation, but you certainly have angelic presence with you, whether you see it or whether you don't. Um, the first time I experienced an angel, I didn't see it, but um, I felt it because it was near to my salvation. I was camping in the New Forest, um, Jack the Lamb kind of person, before I came to Christ. Um, rainy day, I was cooking inside the tent, gas bottle blew up and um, just destroyed the whole tent. I lost consciousness for a bit, and then I felt two strong hands under my armpits and I was lifted up out of the tent and just dumped on the grass. The tent was totally destroyed. My friend who I was with 
Um, you're sat there and you just wipe your sheet. And I said, What happened? He said, I saw this big thing, he said, come from the top of your tent carrying you. And he dumped you down on the grass. And um, I believe that was amazing. And that was the start of me seeking after God, really getting serious to find Jesus. Because I thought, I can't ignore this. Somehow my life has been spared. Because I would have died in that tent. So I was becoming Um The second time, well, one or two other times, and lots of times, I'll just pick out one or two different ones. Um, anybody remember the Daniel's final weeks? Back in the 70s. Um, I was in the Dallas, we were up as a family in the Dallas final weeks. And there were reports all through the week of lost children being taken back to their tents by strange um, people. And uh, the children weren't scared and they were talking about angels. They supernaturally delivered back to their tents. And one evening, uh, about four o'clock in the morning, um, there was a big light over the main tent. And several of us heard angelic worship, angelic singing. And um, didn't think much more of it. I thought, oh, that's great, wonderful. But in the morning, a whole load of complaints came in from the neighbors around saying, What were you doing worshiping before I took it for And of course, it was now. In the main arena, it was angelic angels, and a big light was seen right over the main tent. Um, that was way back, and many, many people saw that happen in that way. Um, three times in Romsey when we were there, just tell you these, or a couple of times anyway. Um, we were in a, an encounter worship meeting and uh, someone had a prophecy about uh, each one of us having uh, angelic beings looking after us and just kind of being aware of our lives. And as the prophecy came, I saw over, I think it was four people, um, big angelic beings standing behind these people. And um, as I moved towards them, I got these prophecies of directional guidance that I believe the angels were giving me and a message to give to these four people. And each of those messages have come through because I, I checked it through. So that was a wonderful experience. And then when we were preparing for warfare in Romsey, we had a prayer warfare group. And there was one particular evening 
when I saw uh, an angel that filled the whole front of the building. And he had a great sword in his hand, and then the sword must have been as high as the ceiling. And over the floor, I saw different swords. And the message very strongly came that the people are talking about warfare, shouting about warfare, worshiping about warfare, but none of them is picking up the sword. None of them is actively doing anything in their prayer life. A very clear message the angel was saying, hey, pick up the sword. It was time for action. Um, one occasion when we were in India, sometimes angels don't appear as angelic beings, they appear as humans. It says that in the word of God. And we were daily railway station, Sandringham Road, 20 platforms. Uh, most of the trains go out at night. Um, the whole place is like a swan. Um, thousands of people milling around trying to find their trains. And I had a group with me, and we were totally didn't know which time, which platform we were going to miss a whole week's ministry in detail on the train. But we got to get out and we tried. As soon as we finished playing, uh, an Indian guy came up to us. He was dressed in, in uh, a white um, boating and he spoke perfect English. He said, Can I help you? And we said, yeah, please, we want to get to this train on this platform. We said, follow me. And he took us all the way to the station, to the right train, to the right carriage, the names of one of the carriages. And we found the train to the right. And led us to the very door of this. The others got on the train, I was speaking to them. I turned around. Just for a second. And then I was going to turn back and just give him a hug and say thanks. Totally gone. Disappeared. And that was impossible because the whole place was crowded with people who wouldn't have been able to push through the land of the sea because they had a white one. And uh, that was amazing. I really believe that was amazing. And then when I was near to death um, in the hospital, a little while back, um, six years ago, I had cancer. And um, very serious. And an angel came into my room and stood at the foot of my bed. And he said, I, I come to give you a choice. He said, you can either come with me and uh, meet with the Father, or you can choose life and finish the task, the assignment. And it took me a while 
want to go out. And I thought, bless me. I thought, I'll stand, I'll finish. Even though I thought it might in fact today. And um, and it just disappeared. And I'm still alive. There are many others that's enough to just what you believe that we or will begin to see more and more of the supernatural in the lives. Amen. Amen. Wow. That was great. Thank you, Peter, for sharing that powerful testimony. And I believe that even you can experience in your life. You know, this last scripture it says in Hebrews 32. Do not forget to entertain strangers, for by doing so, you have unwittingly entertained angels. Amen? And my prayer is that you will have that divine encounters, you know, with God, with his angels. What a wonderful God we serve. What a powerful God we serve. He's powerful. Amen? Let's all close our eyes and We'll worship God with this last song. <laughs>